Welcome to Gal Pals Watch. I'm Alicia. I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast where we discuss lesbian films inclusively defined. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we talk about whether or not they're like really good yeah. or really bad. Spoiler alert, <laughs> usually the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, media sucks. <laughs> Can anything be perfect to me? Probably mm-hmm. not. Nope. <laughs> it's too high for Hollywood. <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, for sure. I'm not lowering my standards. <laughs> no, me either. Nor should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and today we are talking about the epic mm. Film. <laughs> that's a word yep. uh called the world to come yes and i would just like to upfront apologize if you can hear things in the background because it is summer here in seattle right now not only for a couple more days but my windows are open and so stuff's going on outside well, same okay same. <laughs> my the door next to me is open so mm-hmm. you might hear some lawn mowing mm, yes and a lot of that yeah i mean we only have to do it for three months out of the year, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was um, not any lawn mowing going on in this movie because there were no lawn mowers. There weren't even like were machines. No, right. There were no motorized lawn mowers. There were <laughs> just no someone, lawn, really. just someone picking in a field. <laughs> just strands of, I almost said sand, grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grass. Yeah, um, so yeah, murdering this, animals, you know. Oh, it so yeah, this film takes place in 1856. Mm-hmm. So we're like in upstate New York, and it is bleak. It is winter in upstate New York in 1856. We have some settler white ladies and their settler husbands just <laughs> getting into all kinds of shit. <laughs> Farms. <laughs> I this is a movie that actually has stayed with me ever since I watched it. Oh, wait, really? Not necessarily in a good way. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, it definitely did not hit me in a good <laughs> a good spot. So there are parts of it that I liked and parts that I didn't like, per usual, with all the movies we see. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, like, it keeps making me think. Hmm. Tell think me Think about... I, I will. Okay, so, great. <laughs> and done. We're done with the podcast. I'm yeah. not talking anymore. <laughs> um, well, I most of it is questioning the director's choices mm. and the editing mm-hmm. and why the story was told the way it was. Yes, agree. I was confused by it. Also, not a fan of the soundtrack at all. The music once, was. I didn't even remember it. Tell me. Oh, no way. It was like very jarring to me. It was like high clarinet constantly. Oh, yeah. It was so, it was like nails on a chalkboard sound for me, for my personal year. And I didn't. (laughs) I remember thinking it was like um, almost like a horror movie. Yeah. Definitely have that vibe. Like, in a way, it was. Yes. In so many ways, yes. Um, yeah, it could honestly. Yeah, this kind of straddles the lines between like romance and horror. Yeah, it really does. And like, that's interesting. Film, 
That's another thing is that um, I know we talk about this a lot, but it continues to be a subject um, that I am just like over the lesbian period drama. I'm over it. I was in the bathroom right before this podcast, (laughs) you know, where you have all your great thoughts. And I was saying to myself, I think the LGBTQ community, specifically the L Mm -hmm. media community, (laughs) has a problem with period pieces. I think it's because they all are that. Sorry, or a period piece problem. That's, oh yes okay <laughs> flip the, flip the yes. words I'm agreeing with you yeah, um, yeah and it sucks because like I do actually love historical fiction and a good period piece but it's well, it's a little nuts on a specific kind of person like a white lady two white ladies that are like relatively well off the people in this movie weren't like rich they were struggling on their farms and isolated in this like kind of demanding landscape but um there's still white ladies you know white ladies the only queers around it's true I wonder what yeah I wonder if it's because a lot of what has survived from that period from history in general are white people's experiences that's what's Um, reported in in like mainstream archives and like documented archives, like writing and photographs and stuff mm-hmm. is a lot. Not all of it, but a lot of it is that. Yeah. Cause at this time it was still illegal for black people in a lot of the country to learn how to read or write. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to say that it's, that's why, because mm-hmm. that's not, that's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, this could have easily been, you know, free blacks. <laughs> in new york could have been indigenous two-spirit people or whatever Mm -hmm. that is extremely true yeah uh, it wasn't white people (laughs) (laughs) i also found it funny that both of these actresses are english me too (laughs) okay i guess it's like um following the theme of like colonization people (laughs) came over call themselves American I mean it's not colonizing to like act in this movie (laughs) yeah called out (laughs) taking a stand yeah speaking of which oh hey kids (laughs) that was one of my children yeah yelling um I think over mac and cheese made with love which is what Aaron just made for dinner so. Is the made with love thing um, something you added or is that like a brand? <laughs> oh, something we added. Okay. It's cauliflower. Don't tell them. They don't oh, know. Got it. <laughs> and Sweet. goldfish crackers sprinkled on top. Whoa, that sounds really good. I'm going to come to your house for dinner. It's dope, but it's not vegan. That's okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. They d- definitely were not eating mac and cheese in this movie. I know, there was sad a as lot fuck. of animal slaughter um eggs chickens very graphic plucking of chicken feathers that's disgusting yeah it was gross would not Uh, recommend no although good to see it if you like don't know what happens to chickens before they get eaten or packaged yes 
I mean, they weren't getting packaged in this movie, but really, this was in real life. Big Meat hates this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Big Meat gives a shit. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, ransomware attack on no. the port? There's a uh, pork and chicken factory in the South no, <laughs> that got a ransomware attack. Wow, well, okay. So they're like, gotta stop production. It was PETA. PETA did it. Nice. Ish. <laughs> um, I say as someone who. Yeah. No, okay. No, neither mind. <laughs> anyway, back to old gay people. <laughs> um, I was talking about who this movie stars. So it stars Vanessa Kirby, Catherine Watterson, Christopher Abbott. And an Affleck brother, but I forget his Casey. Sorry, what Casey? Casey mm-hmm. Affleck. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by Mona Fastbold, which mm-hmm. I believe I'm saying that right. It sounds right to me. That's that's what it's spelled spelled like. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with it. Um, as far as I can tell, no one involved in this movie is actually queer. Nope. Um, which is a bad thing in my opinion is a bad thing yeah i just yeah. think i mean not because the movie's queer but i just think queer movie queer people should be involved in all movies yeah so i actually did no a things, little bit of research yeah, yeah in everything right i did a bit of research on this and basically the director was like i don't ask people who they sleep with i think that's inappropriate but I mean, yeah that's true but at the same time you don't have to know the identity of everyone that's not what i mean no i I know what you mean sort of tell (laughs) no i thousand percent know what you mean um but what i find funny is that she thought it was important to have a queer production oh um, i guess or like like uh crew producers yeah crew so like christine vachon Mm -hmm. is um the executive producer and then there's another queer producer as well um so i guess there were like some gay umbrella people (laughs) that sounds like a rainbow umbrella people (laughs) on set but yeah there was no i guess need for any gay people to be on on as part of the acting yeah which I mean, it's fine. I I don't really want to harp on it. I feel like it's not that important to me either way. Obviously, I would prefer more queer people in all the things, like we said. But um, it doesn't really matter to me that much. I think what matters to me more is like the content. And um, I was not really a fan of this mm-hmm. content. It, there were a lot of tropes, like the barrier gaze. Well. I don't know if it's a barrier gaze, but definitely um, someone dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> there is death involved. Um, and I'm just kind of over the storyline of like, oh, we have to just be so secretive and stare at each other. Um, be very fraught about our feelings for each other. And meanwhile, these men are like terrible. <laughs> and... I don't know. I was more compelled by like the storyline where um, one of the women, Abigail, um, lost her child to mm-hmm. diphtheria um, and was really grieving that. And 
Um, I thought that was like interesting the way they mm-hmm. kind of portrayed that and we're exploring it, but I don't know. The rest of it was like, I could leave it. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause they start off the movie mm-hmm. with Abigail. One of her first lines is I have become my grief. Yeah. And it's. That one hit me. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. (laughs) That feels real. This is a relevant movie. (laughs) Um, And she talks about how she, like, no longer attends church because she doesn't have any faith after her um, daughter had passed and how she and her husband are, you know, struggling on many levels, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I also think it's funny that his name is Dyer. (laughs) Even though it's not spelled D-I-R-E, um, I looked it up, it was spelled D-Y-E-R, but their situation is dire and their lives are dire and their emotions so are true. dire. Everything is so fraught, yeah. which like, I think what I can give, you know, I want to give credit to the director and the crew for making this happen, but you do feel that way. You're like, these people are literally like, I don't like their lives are in danger 24 Mm seven. I felt like, you know, if, um, the like uh, ecosystem environment isn't going to kill them, their own societal norms will (laughs) like that kind of thing is like, and summary of the film Edward. (laughs) (laughs) It was very well put rough. (laughs) Um, the way it looked too, like the way it was shot, it was very, yeah, bleak. I just feel like the word bleak is perfect. Like yeah. very, very cold, dark, mm-hmm. um, echoey in the cold, <laughs> wooden More cold. More cold. Yeah. Um, the director I had in another article, which we'll link in the show notes, um, the director said that she wanted to make it look really dark which I hate in films because it's just, it's just hard to see. And I'm like, yeah. oh, the sun <laughs> is in my way. <laughs> just because I'm, you know, old and crotchety. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> uh, because light is a luxury back then. So yeah. it's like they only had, they weren't going to use a candle, you know, to like just because it's a very important resource that you don't want to waste. Um, so a lot of the movie I had to like turn off the lights and like squint. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also because it's summer here and there's a lot of sunlight. The only time we have sun. <laughs> and our houses and our lives. Like, oh, damn it. I got to go in the closet to watch this. <laughs> Get out of there. It's Pride Month. Hey, yo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very interested in Abigail as a character. I thought she was really complex um I thought it was so sad and adorable that she just wants an atlas for her birthday I know that was yeah I felt that part was like so poignant because it said so much about what she wanted and what she couldn't have and what she couldn't bring herself to care about in her grief you know but what she also could care about like she had this desire to just learn more and like have like expand her life in different ways and her mind. Yeah. Um, that I found really compelling. 
And I think the Atlas says a lot. Yeah, I thought it was really, yeah, it was really poignant that she wants an Atlas because it's like, she knows she can't go anywhere and it's the only way that she can travel. Mm -hmm. Plus traveling, quote unquote, back then was like, everything took forever. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but getting to know the world and even seeing like a topographical map was like, so joyous which um is lovely in and of itself um but that's yeah, also interesting too though because like all the maps that are in like atlases and stuff like that um were drawn by white people like colonizers mm-hmm. so they're very skewed and they have a lot of biases built into them um even today tell me more it used to be that way well just the way like the scale is and over time I don't know a ton about maps but I've read a little bit about like how um different colonizers and conquerors and it's not just white people like it also happened in East Asia when like um Japan was colonizing different places and mapping just mapping places based on what they saw and thought they saw you know yeah that's really interesting yeah it is interesting. Um, yeah so that puts another layer of yeah colonizing and or I guess another layer of white over the film yeah. um that's a that's a tidbit that's something I I hadn't learned or considered before but that makes total sense mm-hmm. it would be in the hands of the the people making the people the archives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so basically, this film is about Abigail, super grief, grief stricken, and she gets a new neighbor named Tally, and her husband, Guy. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> we can't ever remember. The men's names. I only remember to Dyer because it was funny. Wait, I think Dyer is Tally's husband. No, it's definitely um, it's definitely Abigail's husband. Okay. Well, <laughs> Tally's husband. <laughs> He's a real asshole. He's a real asshole, and it's yeah. funny because like Dyer, Abigail's husband. He's like, you know he looks like awesome in comparison he's not but <laughs> no he's not awesome but he's also grieving he's also yeah. grieving but yeah yeah there are definitely those very defined roles of like he comes home and expects things to be done like food to be made and whatever other chores like she has to milk the cows and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so when you know at at some point that doesn't get done because Abigail and Tally. About Tally. I know it's so sweet. Yes. So yeah, they've been like hanging out. Tally comes over and her husband has been keeping tabs on her, um, counting how long she's been out of the house, mm-hmm. um, when she goes and visits Abigail. Um, and yeah. there's lots of, which is like every day that she does this. Yes. Yeah, because what else is there to do? Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, 
obviously housework, but like <laughs> well, they do it together though. Well, I guess they they do it at Abigail's house though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Abigail gets like some nice labor. Tally's yeah. Tally's house is like a mess. <laughs> no, not really, but <laughs> they do, um, they do some feather plucking, you know. Yeah, sounds sexual, but it's not. It's literal. <laughs> I'm gonna do that later. later. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Of course, we have that classic foil of like nerdy girl who's like Abigail in her atlas and Tally, who is very out there and she's a redhead, so she has to be fiery. Like that, <laughs> that <laughs> kind of how thing. that works. Yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. she's very uh, smart mouthed mm-hmm. um, and sassy, mm-hmm. which it's outgoing. Yeah, super outgoing. Yeah. And she likes women. Hella. <laughs> well, she likes Abigail. Yes, at least at least yeah. we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to the extent of, I don't know if this is before or after they decide to like have a sexual relationship, but she stops having sex with her husband and she's like, I don't want him to touch me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets, you know, quite upset with that and starts reciting the Bible at her. Yeah. Which really puts me in the mood. So (laughs) yeah, that's a really good way to like turn your partner on (laughs) yelling Bible verses through the door and banging on the door. It is. Um, their first kiss is really cute. I thought. Yeah. Explain it. Tell us more. Um, they were just like kind of reluctant and then they just did it and they both looked so happy and it was cute it was that's the extent cute. of what I remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is really cute and Tally gets Abigail the atlas for her birthday yeah which is just so sweet and a tiny jar of um what was it apple butter or something probably yeah it was like a tiny jar of like some kind of fruit preserve or something delish and I was like wow that's really adorable and gay <laughs> it's like if I got that present today I'd be like this is a legit good present mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah this is sweet you made this for me <laughs> nice <laughs> and she also hand knitted hand stitched some like doilies <laughs> very fancy <laughs> oh it's so Abigail cute. was pleased she was very happy yeah and throughout the story we hear from abigail's perspective because she journals um yeah so there's voice voiceover yeah and at one point we're hearing um abigail's perspective and she says there's something happening between them that she can't quite unravel Mm -hmm. um which i thought was really powerful because they don't have the language for it at this time at least yeah I mean I'm not a historian here but <laughs> well yeah at that time in their specific like social situation um yeah they didn't have the language yeah um the other part that I I did like about this movie was the and particularly with Abigail's voiceovers were the amount of um vocabulary words it was extremely 
verbose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> literary. Literary. Yeah. Big wordy. <laughs> That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I was like, I need to rewatch this again just to like write down all these words so I can know. Wow. That's bold. Rewatching it again. I will never watch it. <laughs> well, actually, I was like, I wonder if I can find the script somewhere because I don't want yeah. to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, spoiler alert for me, I watched like 20 minutes of it and then I was like, oh my God, I don't have time. I have to do life things. Mm-hmm. And then, what was it? 24 hours had passed, whatever Amazon gives you. And then oh. I couldn't watch it anymore. And I had oh, to wow. buy it again. Oh, oh no. I ended so, up getting it from YouTube because oh, good. I'm really trying to get away from Amazon because I hate them. That but I'm not, I'm not away from it yet, but I'm trying to do less, a lot less. I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Good on you. Also, it was cheap on YouTube. It was like $2.99. Oh, good. What yeah. are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Should have Googled it first, damn it. <laughs> um, but I'm sorry that you had to pay for this movie twice. <laughs> That's okay. I was like, you know, it's by Bleecker Street Films, which gave us disobedience amongst oh, yeah. other gay things. So I was like, yeah. it's going was into the- Was that our first episode? Yes. Wow. Amazing. the oldie <laughs> um but they give us you know so many gay films i was like it's just going into the gay film pod it'll be fine yeah. <laughs> the fraught white lesbian Frocked. Frocked. that's true yeah that is true good point mm-hmm. um yeah i like their conversations between each other with i'm sorry with each other because mm-hmm. it feels so like I mean, it does feel fraught, <laughs> um, but also quite romantic. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is one quote that I wrote down. Um, I forget who says it. Um, <laughs> but oh yeah, and I think this is for Abigail's birthday. But Tally writes a poem for Abigail, and she says. Every morning I wake up and think I never want to be far from you. And I was yeah. Like, That's just so sweet. <laughs> when um, they were in their like the obligatory scene where they're like on a picnic blanket in the woods, like by a river. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Under a tree. Yeah. yeah. And another quote I really liked was, I imagine that I love how our encircling feelings leave nothing out. Yeah. For us to want or seek. I presume too much. <laughs> so they get very, very white lady. Oh, and I think that uh, maybe that is on the blanket. No, maybe it's not. I don't know. Okay. But I think Tally says, it's been my experience that it's not always those who show the least who actually feel the least. Mm. So she's just, Tally's trying to tell Abigail, like, yeah, I like you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sweet. <laughs> um. But yeah, basically, I feel like the movie, you know, we get these little snippets of their happiness, Mm -hmm. but as the movie continues, we see more and more of the dark side of Tally's husband, and that's where the horror part comes in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that, because I felt like I wouldn't immediately categorize it as being a horror film. No, but it is. Yeah, 
And I'm looking at my notes and I noticed that I wrote like this uh, music is very disorienting. (laughs) And it even says the music is foreboding and ominous in the description. (laughs) Cause I, I watch it with subtitles. Oh, I see. (laughs) Or captions. Yeah. yeah. Um, And it even says it. Mm -hmm. I just missed that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why it was one thing that I just was like, could not ignore mm-hmm. very in my face in my ears yes especially that sure. scene where like she was tally was caught in a snowstorm oh my god <laughs> that was so intense that like really put awesome. me on edge so random i felt like why why did that happen <laughs> maybe just can... to set the scene of like the brutality of the landscape yeah sure. that's exactly what i was thinking of that's the only thing i can really think is how like how brutal their lives are and how so much of it is survival. Yeah. Um, but it was very drawn out. It was. It was a long scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a lot about this movie is disturbing. Um, obviously the tally, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. alert, tally's death mm-hmm. is obviously the most disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tally's husband just gets like, insane um he moves away from where they used to live and i guess they rent out farmland and he goes to another place to rent basically and he really keeps tally isolated and then presumably poisons her yeah i don't know exactly what happened but then he lies about it and says it's it was diphtheria which is like a full circle moment for poor abigail yeah and she rightfully um, really bad full circle moment yeah and it's it's really sweet I feel like um Abigail and her husband are I feel like they're a good match um like they're they're a pretty good team um in the sense that I guess societal rules aside like he is quite supportive of his wife and after she's like "I, I can't take this anymore we have to go see where Tally is I haven't heard from her in months he goes with her once they figure out where she is and I feel like that's that's not something that is would have been common Mm -hmm. to pick up for several weeks or at least days Mm -hmm. and abandon everything at your farm yeah just to yeah that doesn't make sense maybe they got someone to milk the cows for them that's what I assume as well but (laughs) yeah it's just one of those things where it's like I guess that really does I don't know um talk it I guess it brings up his devotion as well yeah his devotion to her um but the the part that I found the weirdest is at the end where they have a flash of like all their sex scenes yeah is Abigail just like um imagining imagining that i don't think it was imagination i think it was well okay i'm a little (laughs) bit biased here because i read what the director had to say but when i first um when i first watched it i kept going in between like i'm not sure if she's imagining this and no that actually probably could have happened Mm. 
and it just wasn't shown to us. It wasn't shown to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't sure until I read what the director had to say. What did she have to say? So she said that she deliberately held all that information from the viewer mm-hmm. because she says, let me see. Um, so there are a couple of things. She wanted to show <clears throat> the movement between the two characters as their intimacy. Um, it's almost like, cause they're like first kisses, almost like a dance around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They kind of move like around, at least I think that's their first kiss, but there's one scene where they kind of like move around and they're um, like close and far away and close and far away. Okay, um, yeah. So there's that intimacy. Um, but then she says she wanted the audience to feel cheated and devastated with Abigail. So it's like we were cheated of seeing those moments as they were happening. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of have to you know, we just get like a brief moment of all that happiness that would have been kind of like rushing through Abigail as well. And, or at least that happiness that has now turned into sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm editorializing a little bit here. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. But basically like she wanted the viewer to be heartbroken mm-hmm. um, when she sees those love scenes at the end. Mm-hmm. Um to know how much I guess uh Abigail really meant to tell you how much Tally meant to Abigail mm-hmm. yeah that's cool I think I just don't really want to see it I don't want to be done it. you know yeah 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 I get it and I think that's yeah part of me it like it shocked me at the end with how I was kind of put off because I was like is this gratuitous yeah like I can't I can't really tell yeah um it just seems like a little inappropriate for the time mm-hmm. I feel like maybe not have shown it at all and it um, probably would have been fine yeah I don't know I don't, I don't think I have a super strong opinion about it I think at that point I was already like yeah I don't like this movie. yeah that's true <laughs> yeah it was kind of like almost putting the nail in the coffin right yeah. it's like uh this made me feel so, it just made me feel so uneasy mm-hmm. I was like I've I don't know but I guess she got what she wanted because I felt like a little yeah felt weird after it yeah. <laughs> and it's been like I said at the beginning it's kind of been sticking with me since then so for better or worse <laughs> for better or worse i'm still talking about it damn it yeah. well that is why we watched it was to talk about it <laughs> and then but. oh my god after <clears throat> i watched it i had yeah. the worst nightmare ever oh no do you remember I, it i cannot even remember it now i remembered it the day after and it put me in such such a funk all day and it i remember it had to do with like not having my own agency basically wow oh my gosh and I was like that's that whole fucking movie yep (laughs) no agency to be found and I was just like wow I know that I haven't had any like true good like social or any complex social interactions for (laughs) almost a year and a half now (laughs) because the media is like sinking into my dreams now (laughs) yeah 
Yike. 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 Yeah. Good catchphrase. Put it on a t-shirt along with our thousands of other t-shirts. Done. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I'm assuming your final thoughts are. Yep. Basically. (laughs) Um, Mine. Mine are. Yeah. Mine are. Eh. Yeah. That's fair too. It's like. It wasn't all right. It yeah. Was worse. It was worse than all right. Uh, but I have seen worse. Yes. Also true. But I wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless they're like, I really just want something on TV that. That's going to wreck. Has, that's going to wreck me. Mm-hmm. But it has cute ladies in it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Why am I trying so hard to redeem this film? I don't need I don't to. Know. <laughs> I feel like I do that every every episode i'm like even if i didn't like i'm like well this would be good if no it's just you don't have to like it (laughs) okay i mean it's it's cool also to point out like what what it's good for if it's good for something potentially i mean everyone it's all subjective like i'm sure a lot of people love this movie it won awards and stuff really but um yeah i think so let me look i have um please wikipedia pulled up Oh, whoops, that's, um, that's the actress's page. Um, it had its world premiere at the 77th Venice International Film Festival on September 6, 2020, where it won the Queer Lion Award for Best LGBTQ-Themed Film at the Festival. So maybe there just weren't any other ones. I am also a queer lion. Me too. Maybe that's why we're friends. I'm a Leo. Oh. I'm like a literal lion. I'm not. <laughs> but you are. look like you could be. So, um, thank you. Thank you very much. I think Appreciate it's that. the hair. Yeah. It's a nice mane. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you have a nice mane, That's, too. Oh, thanks. That's such a nice title. Queer Lion? Yeah. Yeah, you should own it. Just put it on all your, like, resumes. I'm going to put on another t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah your title Alrighty. queer yes. lion that's that's my new name mm-hmm. Alrighty. cool so, uh, yeah thanks for listening uh, thanks for listening please rate review subscribe let us know what you think mm-hmm. um if you have any other information or you did like this film you can email us at galpalswatch at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at galpalswatch and instagram at galpalswatch where Alicia makes good content and everything else I don't do. <laughs> I forgot to make the content for the last episode. Did you? I did. I realized that the other day. Oh. So <laughs> you're going to have a twofer, y'all. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> I was like, I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope the next movie is better. Ditto. And even gay, er. <laughs>